This is Garage Logic Podcast number 106, Feb 26, 2019. 21 below on this day in Gumption County in 1897. And the year before, in 1896, it was 64. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Yesterday, Reavers shared with us the unbelievably impossible odds of losing two Fellows in his age group that mm-hmm. you all went to the same high school. Yep. Uh, one died in a snowmobile accident. Faribault High School. And uh, Travis Pinur. Peener. Peener? Mm-hmm. P-I-N-E-U-R. Uh, he died, we now know how. Yesterday I mistakenly thought, as you mistakenly thought, that he might have died uh, walking away from an abandoned car. The information I was given by someone who was not on that scene was that he had died as a result of an accident. Huh. Well, it turns out that he was uh, stuck in a ditch, mm-hmm. and a, uh, a fellow, uh, apparently he's uh, quite noted in the wildlife world. Uh, he's the co-founder of Nomad Adventures with his wife. He died Sunday about four miles from his home in Morristown Township under a set of freak circumstances. Boy, are they ever. It's just amazing. Uh, it was a, did he know the guy who tried to help him? I believe Do so. Do we know that for a fact? I believe that he did. Well, that's not enough that you believe that. Do we know it for a fact? Sure. Okay. Uh, because that poor guy, how's he feeling today? Oh, good he's, Lord. He's, I'm sure, just as depressed as you can possibly imagine. Well, So a fellow, uh, a good Samaritan came along, uh, Travis Nussbaum. I, I don't know who that is. I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, why did the story suddenly leave me with... Uh, okay, Tyler, I'm sorry. Tyler Nussbaum. Uh, a motorist who lives nearby uh, stopped and attached a strap to the two vehicles intending to pull... Was uh, it Peener? Mm-hmm. Peener's pickup from the ditch. We can all picture this, right, Kenny? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so the Good Samaritan yeah. comes along. He's got a tow strap. And the way I see it is that he attached the the Good Samaritan, attached the tow strap to Peener's uh, pickup truck, and then he must have attached it to his own truck, uh, securing the strap, uh, I would imagine, Kenny, on his trailer hitch. Usually that's how we do it. Um, when especially, It's really convenient when it's truck to truck because there's eye, there's eye holes for, to hook up your chain and there's probably a hitch there and there's a lot of different places that you can put that hook through or even run the strap itself through and then hook the strap to itself. Well, the strap broke. Well, on the Good Samaritan's truck. In this case. No, the strap did not break. The strap held. The strap held, but the hitch must have come out of the Good Samaritan's pickup truck. Mm -hmm. And it went through his topper. Right. Through the back window. Right. And took him out. That's amazing. That's just uh, no, not the hour. That's a perfect storm of, of everything, huh? I've already pulled, I don't know, four or five people out of the ditch this uh, winter. And the number one concern among all of us is the strap itself breaking and then the strap whipping up and taking somebody out. You never imagine 
that your whole hitch assembly is going well, to come out, your receiver hitch. Or does even, that mean maybe he was missing a, uh, the pin in the hitch? There's not enough information. No. We don't know if the whole assembly came out or if, like you say, the pin broke or the pin came no. out. No, or... here's the thing. If the pin was out, Kenny, it wouldn't have had that kind of force behind it. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it would have just... It would have just come out of the of the uh, of the bracket. I get what you mean. It yeah. would, yeah. unless unless it was rusted in there. Let's harken back to Mister Unbelievable. He, he drove You've around got, with a rusted in hitch with no pin, no pin. Right? Was he able to tow stuff with it? Yeah, yeah. I went with him, not knowing this, and I almost rang his neck because we towed home a you know six hundred pound motorcycle. Holy cow! Uh, and it turns out, I said, "Wait a minute, there's no there's no pin in your hitch securing it to the fitting." And he said, "Don't worry, it's rusted in." Well, you know what? And that was really funny until last Saturday when this happened. It's funny until it isn't. The right. thing with Travis, too, and knowing him, I mean, I know his We whole don't family. know that, by the way. We don't. We but, don't know there was a But I know kid. the kind of kid that he is, mm-hmm. and he he's not me. He's not the kid that's from there that's a complete idiot with this kind of stuff. He knows how to, yeah. how to you know— Right, make this make that assembly a perfect fit. But this had nothing to do with him. No, you're right. It didn't. It's just it's it's. He it's, was just a guy thankful that a good Samaritan came along. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in his wheel, ready to back the truck out well, as it gets pulled. And the reason, and, and the reason that I, I I I'm fairly certain, Joe, that they know each other was mm-hmm. this guy also lived just a few miles from that spot. Yeah. Everybody in that township knows each other. That's how it works, and you always cl- call the closest available friend. Right. And you, you start go through with, the Rolodex. You, you start just, with. Uh, sorry to bother you, but. but. Yeah, it says uh, this is a Paul Walsh piece in the Star Tribune. It says blizzard conditions prevented an air ambulance from responding to the scene. Instead, he was driven in an ambulance to Hennepin County Medical Center where he died. Uh, I wonder if we are to suspect that he might have lived with faster response time. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds was, to me like he was violently hit on the head. If you trauma uh, injury, if yeah. you have the air ambulance coming for you, you have limited time. Yeah. So my guess, I mean, a lot of those people that arrive via air ambulance, I don't know what the exact percentages are, but they don't. Make but he it. was taken to the local hospital first, District One Hospital in Faribault. Oh, and, just to get and worked then they realized support. they realized how they severe this more. was, and they needed to get him to. Does Paul have anything about the Good Samaritans hitch situation? No. The age of no. the truck, no. any of that? No, no, All right. no. Well, he's normally a really good reporter, uh, and you know. You can't get on Tyler Nussbaum's case. That, no. The poor guy didn't no. anticipate this. Can you imagine living He's with gotta this? He's got to live with this now. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, a poor guy. And it's, a, it's equally disturbing if, in fact, they knew each other. Oh. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of living and just say that they did. I, well, you know what? Even if they weren't friends, they knew each other. You know, right. I'm, I'm a... Same upbringing. I'm a hillbilly from the sticks. We mm-hmm. all know each other. I mean, this kid rode the bus with me. I mean, we all know each other in that, in yeah. that neck of the woods. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing us down, Suge. Yeah, thanks, Well, here's the Channel 5 report. The two men were using a tow strap when the receiver hitch from Nussbaum's vehicle broke, causing the partial receiver hitch and trailer ball to propel toward Peener's vehicle. The fractured hitch broke through the windows of the topper and the truck and struck Peener in the back of the head. I have... So uh, it's what I've suspected. The the whole assembly damn near came flying out. I've switched from hollow receiver hitches to solid. They weigh about 20 pounds each, but they're solid... 
the difference? Uh, they're not like when I put in a different hitch in the back of my truck, it's hollow too. It goes into a hollow okay. opening and it's all hollow. I've switched to all solid now. And I've always been all hollow. Yeah. You don't have to do it if you're just towing boats or stuff. So like on the Yukon, <clears throat> my Yukon, there's a there's a pin and there's a cotter pin. Right. And then if I hook up the trailer that we have for the wax hand stuff. Right. You put that receiver hitch in. Okay. Which I've done. I've only driven the trailer three times, right. I think. You don't You don't necessarily need one, but I'm a paranoid nut. So well, you I, haul stuff all the time. Yeah. So I switched to solids. Wow. They're really expensive. That was too. one hell of a Minnesota way to die, wasn't it? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And then Chris's other friend um, riding his sled home. Mm-hmm. Right. Hit something. He hit a dam, and it's 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 un, un people are unsure of how if if he died because of the as a result of the impact or the conditions. Is that asphyxia or asphyxia? Uh, it's almost sound like he choked to death. Yeah. Well, if it was a dam, he was on a river. If uh, he was on yeah. a lake or next to uh, on shore, he he hit. A but house, that area because he was leaving house. Millersburg, which is just north of Faribault, and he was heading back home. I don't know exactly where he lives. But there's lakes and rivers and right. water everywhere in that part of the state. That's brutal, Chris, man. That's a bad yeah. weekend for yeah, you. Really Sorry, was. dude. Chad was also another good dude, too. Both really good guys. Well, Spouses the, uh, the, and kids left behind? The, uh, no, yeah. with Peter, he just got married. He just got married. And apparently his wife was helping him with his business. She, she was, was a YouTube star, right? Yeah, she was the uh, the marketing director, I believe, for that business. And uh, Chad was uh, married with two kids. And this uh, Peter had an outfit. He was affiliated with an outfit in Alaska. Mm-hmm. H and H Alaskan Outfitters on the Kenai Peninsula. Uh, apparently, he was well known, and uh, he was the co-founder of Nomad Adventures with his wife. He chronicled many of his hunts and extensively produced videos on YouTube, where viewers see him hunting bear in Alaska, snow geese in Missouri, and big game and fowl in New Zealand. Yeah. Speaking of bears, uh, one of the stations last night, I believe, it was Care Eleven had a piece on the local doctor who was attacked by a grizzly bear last September. Mm-hmm. Does anybody recall that story? I remember the story, but not the details. And uh, after he got attacked, one of his one of the guys with him was a Minneapolis firefighter, mm-hmm. and he insisted, you're not going to die. Because the guy said, just you guys go, let me go, I'm going to die. Oh, man. As his shoulder was ripped apart, and he thought a major artery had been hit. And, and uh, so the firefighter patched him up, and the other, uh, and then two of the four guys started running, and they were screaming out loud, praying, "We need a mountain runner! Right. We need a mountain runner!" Mm-hmm. And sure enough, this girl came running along, a mountain runner, running the trails like the guy who got hit by the coyote a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> right. in Colorado. They tell her what happened. She ran for two hours. Wow! <laughs> to be able to I make a, swore. to be able to make a nine one one call. Holy crap! Two hours she ran. Then the helicopter comes back, picks this guy up. He's back at practice. He's fine. He's going to have no feeling in his little finger. Uh, I love that a lady came to yeah. the rescue. Yeah. What, what yeah. do you need, boys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a mountain runner. Let's go. Two hours she was running. Wow! That's that's awesome. That's awesome. What was the survival rate? Do you think based upon the situation? I have no idea. Such ten thousand feet. I can barely walk. Oh. I mean, you cannot breathe. See, now that we know that that guy, that story turned out okay, I would have only been able to run about 20 yards, hide in the bush, and then just going, woo, woo, woo. Like, oh, the must be the authorities are coming already, huh? Kenny, last week's World Golf Championship was played in Mexico City at altitude. And uh, a note of trivia, 
Tiger uh, would only eat his snacks walking downhill because walking uphill he was too out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> and he got <laughs> Tiger Woods. And he's in shape. Oh, he's a, yeah. 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 We are all in a shape. <laughs> God, I would no, not his, be able to run. His training regimen is legendary. Yeah. I mean, he's a nut when it comes to training. Well, Joe can review it for you at the at the top of his game. Tiger had uh, his his sandwiches that's, cut that's a certain way. His, the refrigerator had uh, uh, produce. <laughs> I and had no idea. Chasing no, Waffle House waitresses. Didn't you guys read the SI piece about him? It yeah. was it was about a hundred pages long. Mm. No, he trained like a uh, like a, like a Navy SEAL. He put on combat boots and oh, he was. Was a nut, but Joe, yeah, prior that. to the uh, the escapades of, of Tiger, saw him with his single regiment every day. It did not include you know oh, uh, my, my shotsy from the Waffle House. <laughs> Overwhelming. Well, he had a little downtime. You know? A little downtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't see him with any extracurricular. <laughs> really, I really, right didn't. before bed, he has a cookie and a glass. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. And I thought every he had a video day. coach that said, "Let's review this Miss Wedge show." No, he was out chasing Nancy. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Say, one size rarely fits anyone. That's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company tailors its insurance programs to your individual business and industry needs. Federated offers property and casualty, life, disability income insurance. Their marketing reps are the best in the business. They get to know you, the business owner, and they can tailor and customize the insurance coverage you need. If driving is a significant part of your business, they'll talk to you about liability. And if you're uh, worried about a cyber attack and who wouldn't be in these strange times, you might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Yesterday we noted that... uh, Amy Klobuchar has been accused of once having uh, eaten her airplane salad with her comb (laughs) because her aide failed to deliver her a fork. We don't know if that happened or not. But I immediately thought of you and your black comb. Yeah, I got a comb. (laughs) But but Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey has found a picture of Amy Klobuchar's new chief of staff, uh, staff. It's rookie eating the spilled spaghetti off the steps oh here. God. Remember that? And what, what am I eating it with? A mustache comb? A mustache comb. A mustache comb. Yeah. A little, like, looks like a fork, but it's a mustache comb. I want people to understand how difficult of a photo that that was to shoot. Mm-hmm. Because Dum Dum dropped his lunch everywhere, and yeah. I told everybody in the lunchroom, nobody go out there, i got to get this on. So I had to go back and get my phone, come back down and take his picture. But you did literally eat that off the cement? It was damn good spaghetti. All right. It was a step. Clean right? floor, good spaghetti. Kelsey also I'll post that on our uh, that, that was back media. when OT was running the building. Yes, Kelsey's yeah. also grousing a bit. He's noting some of the salaries for uh, Melvin Carter's chief innovation officer, Tarek Tomes, one hundred and sixty grand. Deputy Mayor Jamie Tincher, one hundred and fifty-four grand. Mayor Melvin Carter, one hundred twenty-nine grand. 
Gumption County employees, chief offsite correspondent, zero. <laughs> and he said, I have a feeling that I work harder than these three combined, and I wouldn't doubt that in a heartbeat. Well, Mr. FYI, zero. The former soul man, zero. Rookie, zero. <laughs> and yesterday's slush on the ice came up. I've got a number of emails. I was pu- I was expressing some puzzlement as to why there could be slush with these temperatures. I actually got really mad I'm at sure you, you did, so but that's too bad. Brian Hoffmeister, uh, Brian Hoffmeister, who's a trusted emailer, said the slush on lakes at this time of year is due to the thick snow cover. The weight of the snow pushes the ice sheet down into the water, and water flows onto the ice sheet from around the edges of the ice. There is ice below the slush. Think about it as a big bowl. Yep. Another thing that causes that, people can go out and drill a hole through the snow like this, and they'll actually see water shooting out of the hole that they oh. drilled because the ice is, uh, you know, bowing down. Another big deal is when the ice cracks, water oh. seeps up through the cracks. Now, when there's no snow on the ice, that water freezes. But when there's snow on top of the cracked ice, that water just sits there. Okay, so remember last week when I showed you the photo of me ice fishing? Yeah. When I uh, when I drove on a four-wheeler on the lake, yeah. I was driving around the lake, and then I did come to a slushy part, yeah. and I, of course, turned right around because I thought I was going to fall through. What would have been a Nothing. open? Nothing. You, you, you won't go under. You will get, like our fishermen friends You'll up north. You'll get stuck. You'll get stuck. Yeah. Okay, because I was only about two feet from shore, so I know that I won't go on <laughs> No, Joe's trying to wave us off, but we're not going to get off this topic. The, the secret is a, <laughs> hand, thing it's your podcast, a handful of throttle. That's, go for it. Just, just stay on the throttle, especially when you see that slush. Get into the throttle hard. Get out of there. Okay. Do not stop. Remember okay. that for the next time you're on a four-wheeler, <laughs> which might be in the year 2032. Okay, <laughs> your point, well taken. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Los Angeles experiencing the coldest February in 60 years. I only mention it because I'm your since when guy. So this has happened before, but this is being offered Mm -hmm. as an example of calamitous climate change. It happened in 1962. Los Angeles had a uh, cold uh, February. This month is the coldest Feb in downtown L.A. in nearly 60 years with the average high temp at 60.6 degrees. That's a full 8 degrees below the normal average temperature, the National Weather Service said. It hasn't been this cold since Uh 1962, when the average high temperature for the month in downtown L.A. was 59.8 degrees. (laughs) So this, this proves nothing. This doesn't prove that... Warming is happening. It doesn't prove that it isn't. Mm-hmm. It proves that nature is rhythmic and secular and lush. There's ah, a lush. Re- there's lush. a reprint lush. in uh, today's Star Tribune from uh, the Washington Post, Matthew Capucci, and he mentions the wacky weather that's whirling around the globe right now. Joe, look at this piece. You see this piece? Yeah, it's very warm in England, for example. Not one mention. Of global warming good, that's in this good. piece, I was stunned. It because is there fu- isn't any. This is nature. This it, is what it always has done. It is funny though. I was in Southern California a couple of weeks ago, just watching the hysteria <laughs> when know. it's when it's going to be forty. <laughs> well, okay, I got a couple emails that that I can link to this LA story because there are a couple of good points. Uh, this is from Tom Struve in Goodyear, Arizona. 
Several recent shows included discussions about power washing the weather reporting. The most amazing example I can think of is the transition that has occurred with Al Roker weather reported daily on NBC's The Today Show. I noticed beginning this past summer that every weather report highlights on the very front end how many millions are at risk and where as a result of the weather events of that day. We used to be rain is expected in the Northeast today. That has now become 56.4 million people are at risk today from the Carolinas to the north. One positive weather reporting note here locally. Over the past weekend, several towns uh, north and east of Phoenix received between two and four feet of snow. Similarly to how we Minnesotans have to go to the store during an event to check it out, many Phoenicians traveled to see the results. I was tempted to join them, but happened upon one very resourceful and remote news team in a cameraed-up SUV that was sending a live feed over the airways. Great idea, and I got my fill of viewing without leaving home in just a few minutes of viewing. Love the show. Listen every day. Keep pushing back. P.S. My wife wrote about the garage wood a couple of weeks ago. Love the idea hmm. of photos. In other words, uh, he, he has made a very good observation. It's never anymore a winter storm is scheduled to hit the Midwest this weekend. It's right. It's 48 million people at risk in path in storms path this weekend. It's fear-mongering, yeah. Joe. Yeah. And I would believe you and agree with you all the way up until about an hour ago when I read this story right below the fold in the Star Tribune today about, about people that were in Minneapolis on Sunday mm-hmm. and it was fine here, so it's got to be fine in Iowa. They hit I-35. They ended up spending the next two nights in an armory. What are you, those disag- people, what are you disagreeing with? Those people are idiots, <laughs> and they need fear-mongering. They're just dumb. They're well, not using the resources available to plan their trip. Thus, the second emailer's point. Bert. I don't know if people being stranded on roads and lakes and wherever is a case of man's deteriorating relationship with nature or a case of man's increased disregard of the news people giving hysterical accounts of what the weather is outside your window. I don't fault our sealed meteorologists. They're typically spot on. But the general timber of news broadcasts, it is almost never as bad as the anchors would have us believe until it is. It's a boy who (laughs) cried wolf kind of thing. Uh, okay, we can uh, directly apply that to the people who got stuck in Owatonna and had to stay in the armory overnight. They didn't believe yeah. it was bad and they didn't, until it is. Right. And, and they didn't check conditions. How do you not look at the forecast for the area you're going to travel? Right. How do you not call up MnDOT or IowaDOT and look at their winter driving conditions? How do you look out the window in Minneapolis and see a blue sky and get on the freeway and think you're going to be okay? Because you, you've been desensitized. You're, you're inundated with daily hysteria. You're defending them. But, but this no, I'm, is defen- the... I'm defending. I'm defending this emailer's point. His point Bert's is Bert's right. Well, that's that's, that's, that's his point. Yeah. You, you, you've 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 been cried wolf at too often. Right. So these people in Minneapolis, they've been they've been hearing wolf, 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 and, and I they think, don't see it. I right? think a lot of people so they take off. Thought that once the snow went through Saturday night into Sunday morning, oh, well, I'll be okay. It'll just be a little bit windy. Well, they should watch the forecast. Then I think. But Such, the we've point. had yeah. the off-air conversation, even with the chairman of the board here. Mm-hmm. It's our duty. It's the weather department's, Dave Dahl and everybody else in town that does that. 
it's their job to alert people. No, I know. I mean, they have to. There's a distinction between a Dave Dahl daily weather forecast and the hysteria of David Muir on the nightly news on ABC. But if you're traveling, especially in the winter, think about this. Every day... Don't you look at the weather on your phone? Oh, the first thing is, what's it going to be or, or what's what's coming? It's a mm-hmm. perverse obsession with me. Yeah, you and do, especially yeah. if you're traveling, you'd think you would say, boy, we really, maybe we should call this thing off because uh, the winds are going to be horrible. We could get stranded in Ortana. Let's come back with John Height. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs, a professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. I thought I had a chance to hit a post. Here we go. Wait for it. This is all new. This is Dylan Height. Showing off again. Showing off again. Boy, you haven't taught that kid yet what a bumper is, have you? I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel knowing your kid can outplay you? Right. Does that hurt? It's such a short amount of time. You know, I didn't bring those in to be vilified myself. I well, brought those we, in we to help the like, show. It's like when I'm on my dirt bike up on the pegs just tearing it up, and I glance back to see how far back the kid is, yeah. and he's right there. Yeah. Is it kind of like yeah, that? He's, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, <laughs> Here is John Height. He's pretty good. <laughs> kind of depressed now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Old. Yeah. This has been a real uplifter of a show today, yeah. hasn't it? Uh, Crews continuing work Tuesday. It's going to get worse, too, believe me. Crews continued work Tuesday to clear and reopen roads in southeast Minnesota. Early Tuesday morning, Interstate 35 south of Owatonna reopened. Overall, there were fewer closures in place Tuesday morning, but travel still not advised in some parts of the state. It's been a frustrating 48 hours for a lot of folks who spent time in shelters, motels, and gas station parking lots. A lot of people will be able to start heading home Tuesday. Roads continue to be difficult, sometimes dangerous to navigate. There was a, a Twitter picture from MnDOT just moments ago of a highway in southern Minnesota. You can't see the highway. It's all no. snow. Man, they got it's a big closed. snowblower rig, though. Oh, yeah. is that yeah, that's cool. Big. That big yeah. yellow thing? Yeah. That yeah. was pretty cool looking. I'd like to drive that one. How'd you like to be stranded at the Owatonna Armory with 150 nope. of your oh, closest friends? Goodness. Nope. <laughs> I got a vending machine. No. <laughs> and a I, bottle of bourbon that Bill sent over. Yeah. That might make it a little easier. I had to break through a bunch of drifts to get home a couple of days ago. And the next day, Joe, my whole engine compartment, wheel wells, everything packed with snow. Yeah. Everything. Officials say it's I've also... I've been there, uh, only it was sand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> Officials say it's also been difficult to clear snow because there are still vehicles that were abandoned uh, sitting in spots where highways are. In Steele County alone, more than 200 people rescued from inside their cars. As of Tuesday morning, about 140 people still at that emergency shelter that Chris was just talking about in Owatonna. Uh, that became the stopping place for people forced off of I-35. I have a question. Where are we when, and I'm not indicting the news gathering organizations by any means, but when one of the local people gets in a car and they're driving down through the mess of it, well, get out of the way, dummies. Mm-hmm. And they're Let telling us work. Not, not to do what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> where do our sensibilities lie? I get that they have to report on it, but we know it's bad. Yesterday's podcast, you were criticizing the guys who work at the resorts up at Malax for going out and taking care of the fishermen. Who was? Dumb, dumb number Why one was over he? here. Why were you? That. I don't either. The guy's doing the Lord's work. Yeah. He's going out to these fish houses to make sure everybody's okay. Well, plus hey, the resorts maintain the roads. You got water? Oh, yeah. Hey, okay? Frank, what are you doing in there with Jim? How can oh, you make part. fun of a, a, a guardian angel Because he doesn't think. Because like he doesn't think. Because I don't ice fish. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, what do you do? Huh. Serious question. For some reason... If someone you, knocks on your house? No, for some reason, you're on uh, State Highway 14 and down in yep. southwest Minnesota uh, Saturday night. Yep. And it just gets so bad, you're finally stopped by nature. Yeah. And you're on, you, you get on this, what you think is the shoulder. What the hell do you do? Well, you make sure you got Mr. Chair and yeah. toilet paper. <laughs> yep. well, and no, then you, you just ease back and start smoking cigarettes. You pray you have enough gas. Oh, and that's another question from yesterday. Yeah, how do they... How I'm, do they... I'm more interested in when it's winter. I, I'm not so much interested in miles per hour. I'm interested in... Um, no, miles per gallon. I'm interested in hours per gallon. Yeah. Because there's some days this winter where she's idled from 6 a.m. until 7 p.m. Oh, my God. It doesn't beat our friend at the airport. No. Right. But it's just easier to let her run all There's something day. to be said, then, for having the uh, the little basket of stuff with you, huh? Flashlights, some candy bars, uh, water. Uh, weed. It, weed. <laughs> but but then again, I, I don't intend to be on State 14. Right right okay, but if you did right and you there. knew there was weather, you, you in, it would be in your mind. Because I know, know how you... I'd, I'd go the other way. But, but you've already trained your kids, the ch- kids you used to have... If you make them have emergency kits. None of them would even dare be in rural Minnesota. They wouldn't know what they were doing. <laughs> well, you do it just in case they're crossing Mac Groveland yeah. into, uh, yeah. you know, every cross time, Snelling, make sure you got uh, Every supplies. time we talk emergency kits or I hear it mentioned on the news, I always think of our friend Roycey, who he'll get in his car when it's 30 below. No jacket. With no, no jacket, ah. no boots, no gloves, no nothing, and he'll drive up to St. John's or wherever. Last night on the news, Channel 5. They showed a woman trying to free her car in Owatonna. She was prematurely gray-haired, mid-40s. She had a Prius, and she was trying to dig it out with the windshield scraper. I was going to say it with the ice scraper. The ice scraper. (laughs) How'd that work for? Took a long time. She was there a while. Till spring. She was there till spring. I saw that news clip (laughs) too, Joel. And here here was was my thought. Okay, you're going to get it free. Where are you going? Yeah. There's there's ten miles of drift. It's, you're not going to clear the road. Yeah, this isn't going to be the first and last drift, my friend. 
Extra security measures are in place Tuesday at Highland Park Middle School in St. Paul. St. Paul Public Schools District is responding to a widely shared social media post that had threatening language, according to authorities, about the school. St. Paul police say they are investigating. NBC News is reporting President Donald Trump's former personal lawyer Michael Cohen is expected to tell lawmakers this week about alleged criminal conduct that the president committed while in office. Cohen starts a three-day run of congressional appearances on Tuesday by giving a closed-door interview to the Senate Intelligence Committee. He's expected to detail what he claims to know about Trump's contacts with Russia, hush payments made before the 2016 election, and other sensitive matters. Cohen arrived on Capitol Hill on Tuesday morning just as Air Force One delivered Trump to Vietnam, where the president was set to hold high-stakes talks with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Cohen expected to provide evidence of alleged criminal conduct by the president since he was in office. In addition to his testimony, he'll reveal info about Trump's financial statements, according to sources. He's slated to report to federal prison, Cohen, that is, on May 6th. will also testify in a closed-door hearing with the House Intelligence Committee on Thursday. White House preemptively trashed Cohen's testimony, calling him a disgraced felon. Meanwhile, Paul Manafort, the longtime political consultant who once led Trump's presidential campaign, is asking a federal judge for leniency as he faces the potential of spending the rest of his life in prison in criminal cases stemming from the Russia investigation. The new court filing, Manafort's attorneys painted the 69-year-old as a victim of circumstances prosecuted by special counsel Robert Mueller only because the government couldn't make the case that he colluded with the Kremlin's interference in the 2016 presidential election. The filing comes as the defense attorneys have sought to contain the fallout from the unraveling of Manafort's plea deal last month. Horrible story in Pennsylvania. Did you see guys see this? A mother and daughter? What well, happened, John? Wow, yeah. Very arrested. Alarming. A mom and daughter arrested for allegedly killing five family members in their Pennsylvania apartment. 45-year-old Shanna Decree and her 19-year-old daughter Dominique Decree carried out a killing spree in the two-bedroom apartment in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. The victims identified as Shanna Decree's children, Nara Smith, 25 years old, and Damon Decree Jr., 13, as well as her sister, 42-year-old Jamila Campbell, and Campbell's 9-year-old twin daughters, Imani and Erica. Why? Well, authorities are not disclosing their causes of death, and they say they have uh, nothing about a motive yet. They are charging them, though. Uh, They were searching still for Campbell's 17-year-old son, Joshua, to ensure his safety. They say he is not a suspect. According to Bucks County District Attorney Matthew Weintraub, this is a terrible tragedy. I just spoke with the family of the five deceased. They're all heartbroken. I wish we had better news to report. He added, make sure everybody knew that the people that committed these atrocious acts are now in custody uh, custody and will be made to pay for their crimes. Despite the childish gibberish of Alexandria occasional cortex, I, I think one of the most principled things you should worry about in life is the fact that nobody respects life. Yeah. Yeah. How it's old were those twins, John? Nine. Nine. Boy. Today, Windy City voters will choose a mayor from 14 candidates in a field that includes some of the most well-known Chicago names of the last 30 years. Among the hopefuls, a former police superintendent, a city school CEO, a federal prosecutor, and a few millennials who all say that they are best suited to run Chicago. They are, of course, still reeling that city from major scandals in the police department and offices of some of Chicago's most powerful aldermen. If no one wins at least 50% of the vote on Tuesday, which seems likely, then the two candidates with the most votes will square off in a runoff Is on Rom April not 2nd. Running? 
Rahm uh, announced uh, about gone, a month, huh? month and a half, two months ago, he would not seek. What's where is he going to land? My work is done here. Where is he going to land on his feet? You know, he'll find a job immediately, consulting or something with some political. Person. Why would you want that job? Because it's probably the most powerful job in the country, short of the president. You think so? Oh, God, yeah, yes. but what a steaming pile of manure. Oh, it's a corrupt here. city. It always has one of the uh, Speaking of that, one of the persons running is a member of the Daily family, there's a shock. Jeez. Isn't that, they just so don't fan, go away, do they? It'd be fantastic to get it. That would be the third or the fourth? Uh, the third one, right? Third, yeah. yeah third. Third, that'd be fantastic. Sarah Jane Moore, who served 32 years in prison for trying to assassinate President Gerald Ford in 1975. What are you going to say next? Has been arrested for oh. violating the conditions of her lifetime parole. Okay. Ooh, lifetime parole is really a rough gig. You really have to stay on top of it, don't you? <laughs> when, she, when was she let out? Last year? Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, been a while. Ten years, I think. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute here. The 80s. Easy up, he's up, Roxy. <laughs> Hang on. The 89-year-old Moore was taken in She's by... She's 89? Yep, 89. Taken in by federal authorities on Saturday at JFK Airport after traveling to Israel in January without informing her parole officer. According to a federal law enforcement source who spoke on the condition of anonymity, Moore allegedly became ill in Israel and stayed longer than anticipated. She was rearrested in New York on a flight arriving from Spain and was slated to appear before a judge. She's also expected to meet with the parole commission in the coming week. Moore pleaded guilty to the Ford plot. She was released from her lengthy sentence on December 31st, 2007. She had been in a federal prison for women in Dublin, California. Her parole was grandfathered into federal laws that have been since made more stringent. Is that the one you used to hang out around, Kenny? Uh, wasn't Squeaky also involved Squ- in that same incident? S- a different incident, and that's coming up a little later in the story. Here, too, oh. Kenny. He's like radar on MASH. <laughs> oh, it's just everything that used to irritate me, I'm now doing it. I know myself. you're guilty of. Yeah. Oh, my God. When she shot at Ford in, in San What Francisco. happened? Jesus. <laughs> Kenny, hurry up so I can give you this sport, breaking sports news. What uh, What's going on? Boxton had two hits. When she shot at Ford in San Francisco on September 20th. 22nd, 1975, Moore became infamous as one of only two women to have attempted to kill a sitting American president. Moore's attempt came just... Uh, Red paint and uh, (laughs) black paint. I finally figured out that joke. So when Johnny's done here, we're going to... We'll review the... uh, I told one of the kids. Uh, Isn't it enough we're free of that? We don't have to hear it now? Oh, yes, I'm yes, doing, yes. I'm doing him by accident over here. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Kenny, you'll be interested to know that Moore's attempt came just 17 days after oh. Lynette Squeaky Fromm, a follower of Charles Manson, also tried to kill President Ford. All right. In her attempt, Moore fired and missed at Ford from across the street at the St. Francis Hotel, where the president had just left. Her aim was disrupted by a former Marine, Oliver Sippel who was later credited with potentially saving the president's life. Lavelle Neal III <laughs> has just tweeted out that Brian Byron Buxton is uh, just had a double. He's uh, he's uh, having a hot spring. John, yeah. do we know was why this uh, nutcase shot at Ford? I don't uh, remember this was, case. Uh, what was she angry she was What angry. are we angry about? She was what are we mad at? <laughs> Who are we mad at? She was politically to the other side. I know that, and I think she was just angry about that. But In I fact, was... Yeah. Go ahead. I remember reading a quote <laughs> from her saying she'd try it again if, if she had the chance. But Such, so. of all the presidents, yep. Ford, yep. twice. Yeah. I mean, wasn't he just an affable, kind of friendly dumbbell? Absolutely. I mean, how could anybody hate the guy? No, he was likable. Yeah. 
Why is my voice so high? <laughs> What's going on? What is the deal? What with is that? the deal with your voice? Oh, I'm sorry, fellas. I will stop <laughs> oh, God, doing Roycey. Let's sorry. admit we all kind of miss it a little bit. No, 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 no we don't. No. A Chinese airline is reportedly pressing charges against a passenger who threw coins at a plane engine ahead of a recent flight for good luck. The man's actions caused about 21000 I want to sit next to that guy. <laughs> the man's actions allegedly caused about $21,000 in damages and delayed travel plans for 160-plus passengers wow. who were forced to wait until the following day to fly out. Officials at the Anqing Tianzhu Hashin Airport were shocked to find two one-yon coins on the ground near the left engine of a Lucky Air plane. Would you fly Lucky Never Air? Never flying an airline called Lucky. Roll the dice for Lucky Airlines. <laughs> Snake eyes. Small coins can cause great damage or total engine failure if they are sucked into the aircraft's engine. Soon after the official saw the coins, a 28-year-old man, identified only by his surname of Lou, admitted to throwing them at the plane's engine as he boarded the aircraft uh, as part of the South, Ch- according to the South China Morning Post. Was he trying to kill himself? Nope, it was uh, for luck. This is apparently a thing. Some religions acknowledge the ritual of throwing coins. Instead of a pond, you throw coins into the Lucky Air engine (laughs) uh, just to see if it'll work. The flight was quickly canceled over security concerns. Meanwhile, Lou, who was traveling with his wife and child, is said to have been detained for seven days in relation to the offense. The reps for Lucky Air said the incident caused a direct economic loss. Our company will press charges against the passenger in accordance with You know, the tagline, Rook, for Lucky Air is, we might get you there. (laughs) If you're lucky. (laughs) If you're lucky. A former All-Pro defensive back in the NFL has a new job in law enforcement. Charles Tillman. Remember Charles? I know that name. Peanut. Peanut Tillman. Peanut, yeah. Graduated from the FBI's training academy and is working as an agent, according to the Chicago Tribune. Details of Tillman's field assignment not immediately released, but the Chicago Tribune noted new agents are put in a variety of situations in order to get a feel for the new job. A 38-year-old Tillman played 13 seasons in the NFL, split between the Chicago Bears and Carolina Panthers. He helped both teams, the Bears and Panthers, to Super Bowls, came up short both times. The two-time Pro Bowler received a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from the University of Louisiana Lafayette before he was picked by the Bears in the 2003 NFL Draft. His dad, Donald Tillman Jr., was a sergeant in the U.S. Army, according to the Tribune. Tillman received the NFL Salute to Service Award in 2012 and the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2013. Finished his NFL career with 38 interceptions, eight of them returned for touchdowns. Was he in any relation to, I think his name was Pat Tillman? No, no, no. All right. One was white. One was no. Go back to Sarah Jane. Shows you how far away I am (laughs) from the whole thing. Go back to Sarah Jane Moore. Arrested with a forty-four and one hundred and thirteen rounds of ammunition. Fired once at Ford. Was about to fire again when Sipple, the Marine, uh, interfered. Why in God's name was she ever paroled? No, that's good good question. question. Why? why, She's a she's a danger to life. I don't think she was part of the crew that did either one of the. no, the no. Tate LaBianca's. No, no. She was just a member of the family. 32 no, no. years she Moore served. Wasn't. That's not enough. Moore was not a member of the family. Sarah J. Moore. Not, not at all? Not at all. She had nothing to do with the Mansons. Squeaky did. She said she was blinded by her <laughs> radical political views. Yeah. Well, bleep you. Stay in prison and rot. Well, she also, I also saw a quote in a different story from today. 
uh, where she said she'd, after thinking about it, she'd probably do it again. So yeah, that leads to your question. Yeah, why, why are you out? Why would you parole her? Yeah, I, I, I personally 80. would not. She's 89. Did I you give care. the reason why she traveled? Was there, I, I missed that part, John, uh, I don't of the story? Think so. I don't think it's said. No, okay. I don't think uh, there was any. Uh, she wasn't in, how did I get that so wrong? No, well, squeak, Squeaky was the yeah, other. I know the other that, one. but I thought Sarah Jane Moore was. No, she too. was actually a, at the time a matronly kind of looking woman when the assassination happened. Uh, huh. Hmm. All right, thank you, Johnny. Yep. But, uh, see you in a bit. Okay. One size rarely fits all. Ask anybody. That's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company tailors its insurance programs to individual businesses offering property and casualty life and disability income to businesses in select industries. Their marketing reps get to know the business owners and their operations to customize coverage for your specific needs. Driving, for example, or uh, worried about a cyber attack, they'll uh, provide you with data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Flashlight? Check. Tool belt? Check. Attitude? Check. He's going in. Okay, that's pretty nice music. Washington Post story, daily roll call, Senate vote on abortion legislation fails to advance. And now, over the years, I don't know if we've ever discussed it specifically, Rook, but abortion and gun control really have never been staples of this show. Uh, the debates you're not going to change someone on and that you cannot uh, win. And when it comes to abortion, I've never talked about it because uh, I err on the side of just uh, believing in life, I guess. That just doesn't come up in my consciousness. Right. And it, it can become boorish and tedious and... Uh, it the, turns into in the past. I'm sorry to interrupt. It turns into shout down radio, yeah. and that's not. The I've type never of done shout down radio or podcasting. But the Senate voted. See, I was talking to Kenny about this off the year. Maybe you guys can join me in my conclusion that after you hear this story, apparently I'm missing something. <laughs> I'm missing something. The Senate voted Monday evening, that would be Monday, Feb 25, last night, on a bill that Republicans say would guarantee additional protections to an infant who survives an abortion or an attempted abortion. Okay. With me so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. The bill fell short on a procedural vote 53 to 44. It would have needed 60 to win. Despite lobbying efforts by anti-abortion groups and support from President Trump, 60 votes were required to proceed on the measure. It's a, it was a bill proposed by Ben Sass of uh, Nebraska. What side? Is he a Republican? Yeah. All right. The vote came after Democrats have pursued legislation on the state level to increase access to abortion during the later stages of pregnancy. Recent action in New York and Virginia to ease restrictions on abortion after 24 weeks has sparked a national debate over viability 
and how late in a pregnancy states should permit the procedure to be formed. Everybody with me so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Centers for Disease Control estimates that 1.3% of abortions are conducted after 20 weeks gestation, but conservative groups argue that number likely underestimates its frequency because states are not required to submit this data to the CDC. State-level bans that target abortions in early gestational periods, some as little as six weeks, have been struck down by the courts that ruled that they conflict with the terms of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court case that guaranteed a woman's right to an abortion. Okay, so so far what we can what we can deduce is that across the country, uh, uh, abortion laws are are loosening. And and the time uh, for permitting an abortion uh, is getting later and later yes. in the gestational period. Mm-hmm. Would that be a safe uh, rendering, Mr. Newsman? Mm-hmm. Does that sound correct? Some Republicans hope that by focusing on infants born during late-stage abortion attempts, they can find common ground with some Democrats, although most in the party support abortion rights. The bill by Senator Ben Sass, uh, Republican Nebraska, would not outlaw abortion at any stage of pregnancy, but rather seeks to provide protection for an infant who survives the procedure. So there you have a live baby. It's out of the mother. Mm -hmm. And he wants a bill that says... We can't kill that child. We've got to protect this child. That's now a human being in the United States. Outside of the womb, yeah. And they've ordered it down. I don't see how that's a like the ranting I was doing before we went on air, I don't see how that's a partisan issue. That's a that's a life issue. There is nothing here that is controversial or, or should require any courage. A baby is a baby, and that should have nothing to do with your politics, Sass said in a radio interview. Yeah. Uh, Democrats have largely stayed silent on the bill, but Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions ranking member Patty Murray uh, of Washington has spoke out in opposition to the bill. As leading medical groups have repeatedly said, this politically driven legislation should never become law, and Democrats are going to stand with women, doctors, nurses, and everyone who truly cares about a woman's health and rights to make absolutely sure it doesn't, the Washington Democrats said in a statement. What does she mean? How are politics figuring in on this? We're, I mean, we're, we're willing to say it that shouldn't way in and patty murray is saying this is just a political grandstanding by republicans well, if the, you have a live child uh, yeah and is doesn't that go against everything you went to medical school for right if it's still yeah. alive isn't it your job to keep that take the oath baby alive historically few democrats have joined republicans in voting for anti-abortion legislation in the senate senators joe manchin uh democrat west virginia and bob casey uh, Democrat Pennsylvania are expected to vote in favor of the SAS bill, but it's unlikely other Senate Democrats will shift their stance. House Republicans are also pressuring Democratic leadership to bring up that chamber's version of the same bill. Uh, a number of lawmakers, including Minority Whip Steve Calise, uh, Republican Louisiana and Minority, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, uh, Republican California have requested the bill be considered by unanimous consent. We will continue to ask the House for unanimous consent until the Democrats join us in recognizing that the right to life is the foundation of freedom itself, McCarthy said. Uh, may I? Mm-hmm. I've always assumed these late-term abortions are due to the inherent risk of death uh, to the mother 
or the child, the baby itself is just so messed up that it's not going to survive. I've always assumed that there's a really seriously legitimate reason mm-hmm. for these um, for these abortions when they're so close to birth. Even saying, but you're talking now. Even saying that now, get past that. Even saying that, so the abortion, I guess you would call it, failed because the messed up kid or whatever is still alive and laying there. Mm-hmm. How do you not render aid until? The child passes and or lives. Do you just I'm so then the next question is, do you kill it or do you just watch it die? No, you kill it. Well, that goes against everything they've. Well, no kidding. Wouldn't that already be a crime? How can that not be a crime? I don't understand why we're even discussing this because well, it, this it, is why. it would never even occur to me no. that they wouldn't render. Well, aid. here's from the Washington Post. And I didn't find this anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Yes. The thought that occurred to me as you were reading that, because I couldn't bring myself to read that story. No, ma- this, I have to because I'm the mayor. I know you do, but isn't this exactly everything that's wrong with the way we operate politically in this country right now? It doesn't matter what the subject is or where you might personally stand. You have to toe that company line by the political party that you represent. Well, let's see if we can't learn more. Here's a Washington Post story. Let me get back to my other point. I didn't see this in the Pioneer Press today. I didn't see it in the Tribune. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't even see it in the New York. I only saw it due to a link uh, from somebody on Twitter. That's the only reason mm-hmm. I'm on it. The Senate voted Monday, yesterday, to block consideration of a measure that would punish any doctor who fails to provide medical care to a child born alive after an attempted abortion. All but three Democrats voted against a procedural motion on the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, denying it the necessary 60 votes to proceed. 53 in favor, 44 opposed. The bill would require a health care practitioner to exercise the same degree of professional skill, care, and diligence to preserve the life and health of the child as he or she would to any other child born alive at the same gestational age. The bill includes criminal penalties, a right of civil action for an affected mother, and a mandatory reporting requirement for other health providers. Opponents of the bill argued that it represented an unjustified attack on abortion rights, preventing doctors from exercising their best medical judgment and exposing them to possible lawsuits or prosecution. But see... But wait, opponents of the bill argued that it represented an unjustified attack on abortion rights. So the left or members of the leftist mob who are so consumed by abortion rights, it appears to me, would extend those rights to a child alive outside the womb. I don't understand how a human being can. How, how does that, that happen? What What does this country become? I keep thinking we're missing something. There's, oh, there's I'm something prepared there. to be educated. Yeah. I search my brain for who to call on this. Yeah, we got to find a medical ethicist. Maybe what What are we? They're not telling us something because this doesn't make sense. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has sought to put Democrats and 2020 candidates in particular on the record on the issue after recent comments made by Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. McConnell also plans to hold a vote in the coming weeks on the Green New Deal climate change legislation as he has cast the Democrats as extreme. In remarks on the Senate floor ahead of Monday's vote, McConnell described the measure as a straightforward piece of legislation to protect newborn babies. 
Democrats, he argued, seem to be suggesting that newborn babies' right to life may be contingent on the circumstances surrounding their birth. So my colleagues across the aisle need to decide where they'll take their cues on these moral questions. On the one hand, there are a few extreme voices who decided some newborn lives are more disposable than others. On the other side is the entire rest of the country, McConnell said. I guess I'd be on the other side as in the rest of the country. I guess it's me. Me too. I a guess. group of House Republicans led by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy walked across the Capitol to the Senate side in a show of support for their colleagues in the other chamber. President Trump targeted the Democrats for attack after the vote. The mostly Republican supporters of the bill say that new state-level legislation that has sought to remove barriers to late-term abortions necessitate federal action. Senator Ben Sass, the bill's author, has described it as an infant. Infanticide bill that aims to protect innocent newborns. I wish to ask each and every one of my colleagues whether or not we're okay with infanticide, Sass said on the floor Monday. It's too blunt for many people in this body, but frankly, that is what we're talking about here today. Are we a country that protects babies that are alive, born outside the womb after having survived a botched abortion? But that characterization infuriates abortion rights supporters who note that infant I can't say the word who note that infanticide is already illegal and argue that SAS's bill is actually meant to dissuade doctors from performing late term abortions in the first place. There is a law that is exactly the same as this law that passed in two thousand two and was signed by the president. At the time. Well, then why, is, what are we doing here? It's still then? in effect. What do we do? In other words, it's, then they can't kill it's, a baby. It's called the Born Alive Infants Protection Act of 2002. Act of Congress extends legal protection to infant born alive after a failed attempt at induced abortion. It was signed by President George W. Bush. We must call out today's vote for what it is, a direct attack on women's health and rights. Leanna Wynn president of the Planned Parenthood Federation of America, said in a statement, this legislation is based on lies and a misinformation campaign aimed at shaming women and criminalizing doctors for a practice that doesn't exist in medicine or reality. That's the difference. What? Explain that to me. uh, This bill, the old bill, the 2002 bill, doesn't have any criminal penalties attached to it. It just says so. Oh. Just a law on the books without any... Well, wait a minute then. The law you does, already have a law in the books that says you can't kill a, a baby. Correct. That baby's laying on the table, moving its arms and legs and breathing. You can't kill that baby. Right. That's current law. That's what the law says, yes. Well, it sounds to me like what, what, what loosening the constraints on abortion are attempting to bring about is that you can. Mm-hmm. And because because of well, that that's movement, what the, the state laws it sounds like right. that they're trying to move right. Through, and so SAS to. comes along and says, "Oh no, you can't." Yeah. And if you do, there's criminal consequences. Yep. And, right. and now, as far as I can tell, uh, there are no criminal consequences whatsoever for the 2002 law, even though basically uh, it says the same thing, other than penalties. That's all I can find mm. on it. So we're just politicizing wow, and really confusing. fighting about. Well, and it basically, part of it is it's part here, of it here, the political. And here, here's, is, here's the windmilling. Uh, there's so much hypocrisy here. Several medical groups, including the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the American Medical Women's Association, and the American Public Health Association, also have publicly opposed the bill. 
saying in a recent letter to senators that it represents a dangerous government intrusion into private health care decisions. But they are the same people who want the government to take over health care. Oh, I didn't see that angle coming. You're right. Don't you dare uh, interfere with a private health care decision right. here. But we're here from the government, and we want to take over health care. You you're right. We're here to improve what are they worried will happen if the child survives? Are Somebody would have to take care of it, and that would be unfair to the mother who apparently didn't want the child, or maybe the child is uh, well, why does the deformed mother, in some way. Or, why does the mother have to take care of it? I don't know. Huh. All of the announced 2020 Democratic presidential candidates, Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders, voted no. They have, don't want this bill to protect Have the any of them explained why they voted no? And, what and, are their you know, personal Amy theories? Klobuchar has been invited to join us, and she's behaving poorly. She won't respond. Come on, talk to us. But Bernie and the rest of the crowd, why has any anybody faced a microphone? Just tell me why. I know the candidates haven't, but this is how I got to the 2002 law. Some of them are using that as an excuse, saying it already exists. There's no reason to pass this new law. That's what they're using. Well, here's as, why it came their, up. The uh-huh. Republican push to pass these bills follows efforts in New York and Virginia to roll mm-hmm. back restrictions surrounding late-term abortions, which represent a small minority of hundreds of thousands of abortions performed in the United States each year. Those abortions, experts say, typically are prompted by concern for the mother's health or fetal abnormalities. Okay. The issue was thrust further into the national debate when Northam... Uh, he's the guy who's accused of blackface, the governor of Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue uh, was thrust further into the national debate when Northam discussed in a January radio interview what would happen if a child were born after a failed abortion attempt. The infant would be resuscitated, if that's what the mother and family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother, he said. A statement that many Republicans cast as endorsement of infant infanticide, uh, including Trump, uh, who said during his State of the Union address that Northam basically stated he would execute a baby after birth. Since then, House Republicans have attempted and failed to get a bill similar to Sass's taken up in the in the chamber. All right, here. Uh, Senator Patty Murray described the bill Monday as a clearly anti-doctor, anti-woman, and anti-family. It has no place becoming law. Its proponents claim it would make something illegal. It is already illegal, Marie said on the Senate floor. She added that the legislation would do nothing except help Republicans advance their goal of denying women their constitutionally protected rights. Okay, well, there's a there's a confusion here. Uh, if it's true, as Northam says, okay, what happens, Governor, uh, if, if the child survives the abortion and the child is now alive? And he's saying, well, what would happen would be a talk between the doctors and the mother to, to determine the, the fate of that child. How, why would that? How, what do you mean by? How, how could that be? There is no conversation to be had. The child's alive. Right. Period. The but, conversation period. at that point is, are you keeping this baby or is this baby going up for adoption now? Right. Or, you know, depending on the, the degree of uh, uh, health difficulties the, the infant would have, uh, 
that's that's too bad uh, that baby would have to be taken care of and as taxpayers we would well, we would be helping to take care much of much like fetal alcohol babies mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah. and every other kind of yeah but deformity. isn't that the logical conclusion of where this is headed yeah. uh you know i drank a lot during pregnancy i don't, I don't really want this kid yeah, I I don't see that. I, I don't. Boy, I do. I, I don't agree with that. I, I I but I don't have anything to back my point up. I I guess I'm just going with what I've always assumed, and that there's a serious problem with the child, or it's putting the the mother's health in jeopardy. Well, we used to we used to give birth to problems with to children with serious problems, and now we're we're deciding that. We're not going to take that risk. We're not going to give birth to children with serious yeah, problems. I understand. And, and so link it to the larger observation we've made as we push back here in Gumption County. Uh, what we're witnessing is a logical extension of uh, a lack of uh, uh, respect for life in general. It's just happening all around us. And another link that I've pointed out before, these are the same people who uh, will, will tout out children in their efforts to... Uh, uh, to get hysterical about climate change, we certainly have to protect future generations. You're the same people who want to loosen the constraints on abortion as fast as you possibly can, and yet you want to tell me you're worried about future kids. Well, which is it? I can only think of my own point of view, and as if if that messed up child is putting my wife's life in danger, her and I are going to have a, a serious talk. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't. It, I can't lose my wife. It, right. Yeah, right. And, and I'm, I'm not here to say that you for... should. I, that's not what I'm. Uh, that's not what I'm about. What What I'm suggesting is that abortion rights at the state level in Virginia and New York, at least, John, uh, mm-hmm. I think they've been uh, so uh, they've been so broadened that more and more, even though it's a small percentage still, more and more late term. Abortions are permissible to the point where it sounds like what if you had an abortion at such a late term that the child survived that attempt and is now laying on the on the on the table Gertie. there alive? Which I'm guessing we're talking about it because it, it's happened. Evidently. Yeah, and you're telling me that well, what the procedure would be in that case is we'll uh, we'll talk to the mother, meaning. Hey, do you want us to kill this kid, or do you want to? You want Holy the kid? Well, what the hell else am I supposed to think? Um, yeah, I don't think there should be any talk if the kid is laying there on the table. End alive. of story. Right, mm-hmm. right. End of story. The right. kid's alive. Every, anything Patch up, mom, and uh, right. Everything that's happened up to this point, forget about it. The kid's alive. We're now going to keep this kid. This alive. This is the reality of the situation. And mom, you don't have to deal with this baby if you don't want to. Right. You know, it's a constitutional violation. You're 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 entitled to life, pursuit liberty, life, yeah. and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think your original observation when talk shows talk about abortion, talk shows lose. <laughs> I think that's the that's a good point. Gun control next, and segregation is the Constitution, a living and breathing document. Right after this. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day. You know, the luck of the Irish. Well, do you have only one agent representing one company for your home and auto insurance? Then you're trying to get lucky. At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck. But we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. 
you need to rely on a process. The Canopy Group has 20 agents and 16 companies. Their process carefully selects from their 16 companies the best coverage at the best price for your personal insurance needs. No luck, just a disciplined and dedicated process to serving you each and every year. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Sugere. This is also lovely. This is my kid. You know what I think? I don't think we're missing anything in that story. I think we know what it is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the future, and it's dreadful. Why are we looking at a picture of you eating food off the steps? <laughs> because I, I just, um, that picture that, uh, who sent over it? That was Kelsey? Kelsey. Uh, oh, yeah, that is pretty good. It says, it's on Twitter, at RookieGL, and, and everybody else tagged up there. Could this be an Amy Klobuchar staff member eating spaghetti off of the I'm... stairs with a mustache fork? Nope, just Rookie eating really good spaghetti off a really clean fork. More fun on the GL podcast with everybody. You know, and us trying to get a hold of her via Twitter... Do you think that she probably doesn't even, she's probably like Suits, she doesn't even look at her Twitter no, account. It's probably the staff. It's run by staffers. Her staffers have, number one, they've never heard of us. Number two. They get yelled at. They're scared to death of her. <laughs> right. They don't so, want to have to clean that comb. Yeah. And you know what those staffers <laughs> haven't learned? We, we get yelled at. Every single day. Every day. Before and after the show. Oh, absolutely. And during. And like some back, of it is, I look forward Some to. of it is vile mm-hmm. and vehement. And how do we react to it? We laugh. We right. mock. We right. call them names. It's like when your dad's no looking right no back attention. at him. I unzip my pants and show it to right. him. Right. I'm, I'm paid, I paid no attention. It's like your dad said, and you stay, come on, you're coming in too late, you leave your dirty room, and you start laughing at your old man going, yeah. So what Amy's staffers need to do is just start treating her horrible. Right. <laughs> the way we treat so Larry Rice is a retired BCA, what's that, Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, yeah. who lives 30 miles from Nogales, Mexico. I listened with interest to the GL interview with with Sheriff Mark Lamb, I found myself agreeing with all of the sheriff's observations. I ride my horse for pleasure and uh, working cattle in the desert and mountains not far from the border. Finding women's clothing hanging in the mesquite is ugly evidence of the common rapes, as is the heartbreaking sight oh. of children's flip-flops lost in the harsh desert wilderness as they run from the Border Patrol agents. The sheriff might have added that most, if not all, north-south roads are currently monitored by BP agents at checkpoints. All northbound traffic is stopped somewhere between uh, 20 and 30 miles north of the border. The apparent reason for the checkpoints is to force the border crossers to walk, not ride that distance, therefore providing the agents the opportunity to use electronic monitoring measure to capture the intruders. Hiking in the mountains one day, I met fellow hikers who told me of encountering illegals asking directions to Phoenix, at least 90 miles across some of the most harsh terrain imaginable. It is no wonder skeletons are not an uncommon find. Good luck, Jesus. Larry. Wow. So you got to be Kit Carson to survive mm-hmm. the journey. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
Michael writes, I would listen to KSTP on the way home from work, and I would let a blind man drive me home, and then Garage Logic started. I had been listening to the show since the beginning, and then when ESPN took over and moved your time slot, I didn't have the opportunity to listen on my way home. Now that you're a podcast, I can listen on my way home again. I was surprised how much I missed the show. I just wanted to tell you I really appreciate hearing Garage Logic again and hope you stay on as long as you want to do the show from one of your garage logicians, Mike Bloom. Thank you. That is the uh, advantage of podcasts, isn't it? I've had my eyes open. It really is. You can listen whenever you want. And uh, if if I uh, could cross promote for just uh, just a second here, <laughs> not really, with the uh, table talk with rookies family, in the latest edition of table talk with rookies family, which yeah. is listed on podcast one, yeah. we took a fourth grade geometry test. Okay, and good. I got uh, twenty out of twenty eight. Or 20 out of 31. I didn't uh, fare too well. I would like to put you guys to that same test. In, in a future episode, we're all taking a fourth grade geometry test. Let's do it tomorrow. Oh, I was the not. worst in my family. Uh, well, I, we're not doing well, it. Who is the skinny one? Was it Ollie? Was Ollie the skinny Stan one? And Stan and Ollie. Stan, Stan was the skinny Stan one. You look just like Stan Laurel during. Everyone at the top of the head scratch. <laughs> You're sitting there trying to get one word out. Back to uh, Amy from Mark Reed in Iowa. <laughs> Greetings to you and the crew. Just a couple of observations and a book recommendation. I know when Ms. Klobuchar threw her hat in the ring, it piqued the interest of the podcast for an afternoon and sparked conversation about how far to the left she would be willing to run. She certainly has lost very little time in indulging in a reverse link. When faced with accusations of mistreating her staff, she replied by stating that she has high expectations for my staff as well as my country. And on the other hand, she was comfortable signing the new Green Deal, which allows for a living wage for anyone unwilling to work. Of course, many would just refer to this as hypocrisy rather than a reverse link. Not to mention she just signed on uh, as a no vote on protecting the lives of children. I was going to attempt an amateur link between the two males who won the state titles in the Connecticut Girls Indoor Track Meet and Elizabeth Warren, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. Until the Supreme Court comes out with a ruling stating what everyone already knows, that men are biologically different than women, we will be forced to accept the fact that some people would uh, prefer to live in a world governed by political correctness rather than honesty. The book recommendation is Marathon Man. I have read it and reread this classic many times and find it a delight each and every time. A delight? I am. I will be sending the photos of some garage wood in the near future. Good luck. Offsite correspondent Mark Reed in Iowa. Was she a big gal? He always uh, concludes with a quote from the show. Uh, I have not read Marathon Man, but I've seen the movie a number of times, and I love it. Disturbing. Love it, yeah. Yeah. That's really a good movie, though. Yeah. really a good movie. We should mention The Garage Wood. We started it yesterday on the social media, on the Twitter account. uh, Is that how we're going to do it on Twitter? I think it's the best because people that don't have a Twitter account can still go see it online. Yep. Uh, because you don't need to be signed in in order to in, in order to view it, but it's just at the GL Podcast Twitter account at GL Podcast. So when sit- I take a picture of mine, where do I send it? Well, you can just bring it in, and you guys can handle and it, and we'll yeah. take care of it from there. Yeah. About the same time you were making that tweet, I was actually making a fresh yeah. piece of garage wood. I had to cut a ten foot four by four down to nine nine inches or so, and I was left with. About a foot. You don't dare throw that away. And I said, oh, my God, I've got a fresh one. But brand new piece of garage wood. <laughs> yeah, right it's already yeah. up there. Did yeah. you, uh, so did, I took a photo and sent it in. Did yeah. you give it the... 
Did I give it a sniff? No, but I am going to go home to my shop here in Minneapolis. I've got some cherished, greasy, dirty pieces that have been with me for years. Oh, mine date from uh, 1910, maybe. Oh, best kind. Yeah, great big chunks. I'll take a picture of them. Say, uh, let's come back with the John Height News Experience. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Souchere. Yeah, well, I just went and looked out the window. You'll be making a move. Oh, it's snowing. Uh, it's snowing. For real? Snowing significantly. Yeah, it snowed gosh. my whole way in from uh, western Douglas County this morning. Hmm. Dakota Didn't... Dodge and Douglas are your D counties. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Here's John Hyde. That's cool. This is cool. Rook, I haven't so- heard these, so... Pete Johnson, who left his truck running, yeah. he sends us some interesting emails. You must have seen his email where he, he provided video of the snowblower race. That's where I got the idea from. In Canada, at a winter carnival in Canada, there's a snowblower race. Not snowmobiles, snowblower. And they get a field with uniformly you know, two feet snow. It's just perfect. Oh my God, and then I they have the this. start, and then they each have a lane. Oh, this, I love this. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. And, it's, and it's, in the winter is who plows his lane the fastest. That is fantastic. Yeah, they should, the Winter Carnival should do that. Those Canadians, man. Oh, aren't they something? <laughs> yeah. By the way. Uh, Combination of boredom and alcohol. Yeah. Because I we mentioned it. that the other day, uh, not only have sales, but management's got involved. Why don't we run this by Fratelloni's? Because it's become a GL event. Doing a snowblower a race. Snowblower race. Yeah. We could do that. I don't. I yeah. I suppose you'd have to pay the bring your own snowblower. Yeah, you I don't. I, I think the key to it is you have to prepare a field of uniform snow. Yeah. Let's just yeah. go out to Canterbury. You just find an empty parking lot. That's true too. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed in Rook though. I don't think you're engaged anymore, Rook. Why? Well, we talked about Canada. I did not hear Canada. America's. Yeah, America's cap. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I immediately was trying to find video of There must be video of it somewhere. I just can't find it. <laughs> the Douglas County Sheriff's Office reporting an individual was fatally shot in an officer-involved oh. shooting Tuesday morning in Miltona. A release said two deputies responded to a domestic disturbance call around 5.15 a.m. At some point in the encounter, a deputy discharged his firearm. The officers involved were not physically injured. They'll be placed on standard administrative leave. The release said the sheriff's office has requested Bureau of Criminal Apprehension conduct an investigation. The BCL, uh, BCA, excuse me, is now processing. Such, did I tell you my uh, Douglas County Sheriff's deputy story? No. Uh, I was in the courthouse in Alexandria about a month or so ago renewing a snowmobile license. It was the day after Law Enforcement Appreciation Day where you're supposed to give cops the, hi, how are you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I walk out of the building, and there's a young deputy walking in, and I said to him, Hey, a lot of people say hi to you yesterday, buy you a cup of coffee. You know what he says to me? Hmm. Hi, Kenny. How you doing? Really? <laughs> Scared the bejeebers yeah. out of me. We've been said, following How you. the hell did you know who I, I You recognize your voice. He goes, number one, I recognize you. I've seen you on the website. And number two, of course, I recognize your voice. We all listen here. Well, plus they have your mugshot on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're thinking That's about cool. that poor Douglas County uh, deputy that was involved in that uh, shooting this morning. You know, they say the domestic uh, yeah. uh, the uh, domestic calls are always the worst. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, another story about a law enforcement officer, uh, Melody Gray. I don't know if you guys remember her. 31 years old. 
Uh, she tried to shoot a state trooper a while back, but the gun didn't fire. We had that story when it first happened. Yeah. Uh, she was sentenced Monday to serve 19 years in prison. Uh, before that, the trooper shared how that moment changed his life. Mark Peterson, the trooper, said in a statement, without hesitation, Melody Gray tried to take everything away from me. I do not think Melody Gray has any remorse for her actions. It all happened on March 5th, 2018. The trooper also said uh, Clay County Prosecutor told, uh, said through Clay County Prosecutor Pamela, uh, Pamela Foss that his children later told him how hard it would be without him in their lives. A courtroom full, full of Minnesota State Patrol troopers, police officers, lawyers, and other law enforcement officials listened patiently Monday as Gray was sentenced by Judge Tammy Merkins on one ca- a felony count of first-degree attempted murder, one felony count of possession of a firearm by a felon. Gray pleaded guilty to both counts in January. According to court documents and information, Gray and a companion, Dominique Creighton, were in a car that slid into the median of I-94 near Moorhead on March 5th, and Trooper Peterson got there to assist. Peterson soon learned the vehicle had been reported stolen in Wisconsin, asked Creighton to get out of the car, tried to cuff Creighton. When he did that, Gray pointed a handgun at the trooper's head, tried to fire it. Luckily, it did not fire, and as Gray tried to manipulate the firearm, Peterson fired his gun at Gray and hit her in the right arm. For her part, Gray said she believes everything happens for a reason, so she'll try to use her time in prison to improve herself. She said, from the bottom of the depths of my soul, I'm sincerely sorry. Well, at least she learned her lesson. Say, Joe, you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the Rook, weather. Get me a lake. I've made a number of uh, tactical <laughs> errors today approaching this like it's a radio show. I almost interrupted John with a traffic update. Really? <laughs> West 94 <laughs> is closed in the t- tunnel right now due to a crash. But that's nobody's going to care. Yeah. No, and I'd, I'd add if it meant anything, it's just going to be a hellacious rush hour. But by the Who time cares? you're listening to this, you've already. Although made... Reavers, I think I'm going to give Reavers credit. He gets these posted pretty fast. Thank you. Yeah, if yeah, so then you can sit in it and then listen. You can to, sit and, and listen to and it. You're yeah. still our captive audience. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Passengers stranded on that Amtrak train for more than a day in a remote and snowed in part of Oregon said the train is moving again Tuesday morning after it got stuck when it hit a tree that fell on the tracks. 16-year-old Abby Jeffrey told KJW television station, it's like a relief. I'm just excited to get off of here. All right, stop, John. Yeah. Turn around, Kenny, and watch this so we can turn it off the damn screen. Cool. Yeah, snowblower race. But see, they've got a field of uniform depth snow. But it looks packed in there. I mean, that looks drifted in. Yeah. And it's about, what, three feet? And they got cheerleaders and the whole deal. It's pretty good. My Very next cool. one's going to have tracks. I I'm, I think I might just pull this one out on the ice this spring, the one Let I have go. now, and get a new one with tracks. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ruck, get me a lake, please. <laughs> the Amtrak t- train, the Coast Starlight, left Seattle for Los, uh, Los Angeles early Sunday. It hit a tree southeast of Eugene, Oregon, Sunday evening. The 183 passengers were kept on the train. Oh, my God. Because the heavy snow had knocked out power in the nearby town of Oak Ridge, the closest populated place. There was enough food on the train for the passengers, and more than a foot of snow had fallen in the area by Monday. Rebecca Dodson boarded the train Sunday afternoon in the small Oregon city of Albany and had expected to be in Klamath Falls by 9.50 p.m., the train at about 6.20 p.m. Sunday came to a sudden halt when they hit the tree. Amtrak Executive Vice President Scott Napperstack apologized in a statement. I, I did hear that they had, um, what was it, pretzels, 
beer, and one other item. That's all they had left at that point. Did they have a bar car? I'm sure that thing well, was rated. That probably they got must. emptied. They out. were making announcements for makeshift. Can you diapers. imagine if Royce was on that train? Oh, oh dear God! Whatever <laughs> when he went to Chicago on the I train, on and drove train. him crazy. Why are we? Why are we stopping in Wabasha? <laughs> Zapped at every town, yeah. every small town. What, what range did that happen in? Where was that? Was that what, Oregon? Range? Oh, it was in Oregon. It was Oregon. in Oregon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What uh, would you rather do? Twenty-four hours at the. Oatana uh, Armory or 24 hours on this train? I'd probably well, take the Armory. I would, too. I'd, uh, I'd take the train with one caveat, Roycey not being there. Ooh. Yeah. No, he'd be in the bar car telling a story. You know, I took a train once. We were down, <laughs> went down to Chicago. He would be holding court, wouldn't he? He would, be. He would be a train yeah. expert at that point. Yeah. Cardinal George Pell. Yeah, I don't throw much coal in here anymore. I talked to the engineer. I wandered down there to talk to uh, Casey Jones down there, and he uh, he looked clean as a whistle. Oh, hold on, I'm getting a call from that bleeping radio station in St. Cloud. Then he'd do 30 minutes yelling about Valley Neal the Third has reported that Buxton just farted. Hey, what is with Buxton? He is He's on tearing fire. it up. He's absolutely on fire. On fire. It's the uh, it is spring training. I but know. It's, it's it's fun He's got to be ten excited hits in three him. games. Yeah. Never mind that dumb sport. What's happening to my wild team? They've been completely disbanded. They Allen's gone. Well, you'll learn more tonight. That's a crucial test at Winnipeg. Yeah. Although the Jet has been uh, a little weak. As the Jet's of late. a little wobbly, but the Jet have more point than the Wild. They do. So yeah. who we've lost? Nino, Granlin, and uh, Coyle. Right? Coyle. Yep. Yeah. And they almost apparently traded Zucker yesterday too, but and they couldn't find a deal. Any of these dum dums we're getting in, in return? Any They're good? all kids. If Donato so, can still hit that wrist shot from just inside the blue line. We're sitting pretty like he did in overtime. That a boy. Yep. That's Just when they beat uh, the music notes. Matthew made me watch that four times over. I said, I got it. He's got a great wrist shot. Well, he's one of the guys. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Young and fast, right? Yes. He's one of the guys. It's one like of me. the players on our team. <laughs> I'm sorry. What you can't be a good fans. hockey player not getting shots or not making plays. That's right. Uh, just to confirm Kenny and his thoughts on baseball, I remember when we first got the Twins, Kenny goes, who cares about that ball and stick stuff? <laughs> well, I don't think <laughs> I said stuff game. either. Well, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a podcast. <laughs> don't want to swear. But wait, Twins games are the one thing you go to. No, I haven't been there in years. Oh. No, I've had press passes the last three years. haven't gone to one game. He just says he does to be cool. My family asks, can you get tickets? And I would, nah, can't, no, nah, can't no, really no, t- nah, no tickets. No, no. Cardinal George Pell, once the third most powerful man in the Vatican and Australia's most senior Catholic, has been found guilty of child sexual abuse in a trial in Melbourne. A jury delivered the unanimous verdict on December 11th in Melbourne's county court, but the result was subject to a suppression order. Couldn't be reported until now. Previous trial on the same five charges had resulted in a hung jury. Pell, who was on leave from his role in Rome as Vatican treasurer, was found guilty of a sexual abuse of a child under the age of 16, as well as four charges of an indecent act with a child under the age of 16. The offenses occurred in December 1996, early 1997 at St. Patrick's Cathedral, Months after Pell was inaugurated as Archbishop of Melbourne, he's due to be sentenced next week, but may be taken into custody at a plea hearing on Wednesday, having been out on bail since the verdict and recovering from knee surgery. Was I just, I've asked you this before, was I just lucky as a kid? Uh, um, you had good guys. At Nativity, we had good guys growing up. Monsignor Steiner, Father Landon, Father Kelly, Father Tiffany, 
All those guys. I never, I never had, never a had problem. Any, any uncomfortableness. But here's what we need to do. It's it's like the um, Reavers shut up. It's like the build the wall theory. <laughs> We just we need to start all over. If you were a cardinal that did some bad stuff, do the right thing and fess up, so we can we can just clean house and start yeah. over and build okay. a trust. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I wasn't going to ask this but question, should. but I got a serious question. Bring it, yes. God. And I, Couple I don't snicker bars and a coke. No, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not going to ask it. No. Oh. Well, rookie, you know what's out in the open. rookie, I love chicken. you, but saying did some bad stuff is like, yeah, they ran a couple red lights. No, in no, no, park. no. I'm saying they need to, they need to fess up oh, and duh. step down. Your naivete and, is so sweet. No, but, but I'm saying that's the only way you and pat to you restore on the um, integrity. Well, here's did okay. You, I'll did you, ask my question. Did, did you see today's report from Iowa? No. Twenty-eight priests at a diocese. Right. Now they've found. Or do, uh, do you yes. think those 28 yeah. are going to fess up? Okay, no. then I'm going to ask my question. Here yeah, ask go. your question. Here we go. Was there a period in the church's history where it uh, it became a haven for homosexuals to become priests? Was it just a period, or has it been ongoing this, since day one? But this isn't a homosexual... Uh, it's a pedophile problem. Yes. yes. It's not yeah, homosexuality. Go ahead and be gay, Father. Just don't... Screw Just around leave, the kids. Leave Timmy alone. Live the, leave yeah, kids alone. No, the gay thing doesn't matter at right, all. Right. It's, it's God, the kids. But is it the uh, answer is it to your since question? the beginning of time, or was there yes, a yes. was there a three decade period no, beginning no. in 1972? Beginning of time. No, you, you yeah. read the Ken Follett books. This has been around since the Catholic Church has been around. Well, yeah. and let's just say. Okay, they sure as hell have gotten a lot of money out of me for this. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, this is. Just think if you could have held it for two more blocks, you wouldn't have been into that right. local church for what was it, 10 grand? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you and your walks around yeah. St. Paul. Yeah. They really charged something you right. loose there. We have new listeners tell the story. Really I don't know quick. if this guy keeps no, walking by the cathedral. Come on. If you don't tell it, we're going to tell it incorrectly. I had to use a restroom. And I went to the Little Sisters of the Poor because my Uncle Jimmy lived there and I got to know him. And uh, so no, I knew some of the sisters. So I went in the front and I didn't want to say I need to use the restroom. Right. So I said, I got a couple of Swedes to drop. No, no, I said, sister, sister, uh, is there, you know, I've been giving you some little cash once in a while. Is there anything I could do more than that? Maybe food baskets or vegetables or something. And she said, well, let me go ask mother. And I said, you know, that's good. While you're doing that, I, uh, I'm just going to take a quick trip to the men's room. Swedes, Mardi Gras. And, and I went down there and, and oh. holy mackerel. And then uh, I, I came back. I came, I came back in this true story. She said, well, Joe, I, I talked to mother and, you know, we determined that, that cash is king and we're, yep. we're we're redoing our entire plumbing system here. And I said, well, you believe if you, you weren't are. before, you are now. So I got committed to a certain contribution there. And I think it was in the thousands. Well, it was, that was one expensive. That really? <laughs> I walk every day. And you, and you, what a courtesy flash is. And you make fun of me for carrying Mr. Chair oh, everywhere I go. Well, you know, you don't pull out a Mr. Chair in downtown St. Paul. <laughs> or in front well, of his sister. Well, it all worked out. It all worked out for everybody. And it was, it was but uh, the irony of what they needed the money for, I thought was pretty good. 
By the way, you got a plunger? <laughs> no, everything's fine. It's not, and, and it's not like make to, it worse than I it was. I see Sister uh, Margareta saying, and now for our largest contributor, we have the golden plunger we are awarding to Mr. Suchere for, his, for two of his contributions. Old man dirty knees. Oh, no. oh, Jerry Seinfeld sued a California car dealer in classic car, a California dealer, excuse Boy, me, in classic cars. I have thoughts cars. about this. Saying the company has left the comedian stranded in a dispute over whether 1958 Porsche sold is authentic. He sought unspecified damages in the lawsuit in Manhattan Federal Court from European Collectibles of Costa Mesa, California. Lawsuit said Seinfeld owns one of the world's biggest collections of Porsches. He never dealt with the California company before it solicited his agent to propose his purchase of a vintage vehicle. The suit comes weeks after Seinfeld was sued by a company that says it bought the comedian's Porsche for $1.5 million only to find out it was fake. Oh, boy. European, wow. European, Couldn't happen to a better guy. Ooh, wow. I'll tell you why. Yeah, European collectibles know. didn't immediately return a message seeking co- a comment. In the lawsuit, Seinfeld says he bought the car from European collectibles for $1.2 mil in then February. Then he sold it. 2013, yep. The suit says he relied on the company's certificate of authenticity. He then sold the car four years later to Fika Frio Limited, based in the Channel Islands. Mm -hmm. Fika Frio, which sued Seinfeld earlier this month, wants to recover the money it spent on the sale and all costs it incurred. Lawsuit said that after Fika Frio sued, Seinfeld promptly contacted European collectibles to demand it resolve the dispute directly with Fika Frio. The lawsuit alleges Seinfeld's purchase was not the first time that European collectibles was alleged to have sold a restored Porsche that was alleged by a disgruntled collector to be inauthentic. First of all, I don't know what the inauthenticity is. Wrong engine? Uh, we That's never been it's, reported. Yeah, What's the inauthenticity? The it's a gorgeous car. It's a 356. So what made it inauthentic, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Mismatching um, numbers. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Two on the tree. But he's single-handedly <laughs> ruined the market of 356s for paying five hundred grand for a rust bucket and then defending it because he was preserving integrity. B as in B, S as in S. You bought it because you can afford it, and you've ruined the market for anybody else. Well, you're right about that, but that doesn't weigh into this case. Well, what he's doing here is saying to the people he sold it to, I got hoodwinked too, I'm going to sue them. Take it up with them. They screwed me. This goes on in the vintage snowmobile, especially race snowmobile world, all the time. What do you? Who's the onus on then, Joe? Well, the onus was. I'm surprised that Seinfeld, who is a Porsche expert, got snake bit like this. You think he have his people check this thing out from top to bottom? He paid over a million for it. So is it his problem? I say the onus is on you, buyer beware. In this, well, the onus is on the rest on the firm that he bought it from because he can go back armed with this information and said you deceived me. This is your your. Uh, so first, he's going to have to take the hit, right. and then he can turn around and, and deliver it to this. What is it? But didn't he still make European? money? He still made money off the sale, correct? Yeah, he yeah. made he made uh, it was about five hundred grand. Yeah, five hundred grand. But it's probably not the, about the money for him anyway. No, no it's about his integrity, right? He's, this is he's classic. The, he's this now is... being looked at sideways by all the Porsche guys. Yeah, you're the big talker, Jerry. You paid five hundred grand for a piece of crap. And now look what you're doing here. You got stung, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vintage guitars, uh, sleds, MGs. Oh. This is how the world goes. Yeah. Yeah. You still can't beat comedians and cars getting coffee. I'm sorry. That's that really show funny. is mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. I mean, um, 
A barbecue restaurant social media post about New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft is drawing criticism. Oh, no. After making light of the NFL owner's legal situation with a menu item, the proceeds of which would go to a, ch- a child's advocacy group. Uh-oh. What'd they call it? And now deleted Facebook and Twitter posts, Dinosaur Barbecue, a New York chain with locations in the city as well as upstate, advertised a... Pulled and jerked chicken sandwich. <laughs> Called the Robert Kraft. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, this week you... only, the restaurant said, stop into the Syracuse Dinosaur and get a Robert Kraft, a.k.a. the jerked and pulled chicken sandwich. It's That's not, funny. It's not clever, but it is funny. That is funny. <laughs> restaurant. Rook, uh, one of your problems is you can't spell. Yeah, no, it's, you, my finger it's his bad pick. finger with the device on it. Well, take that ridiculous thing off, you How long are you going to get away with this? Silly hey, race. Did, uh, did any of you guys, by the way, read the Robert Kraft police report? I no, did not. I did not. No, no interest. Did? No interest. Do you know what the most pathetic... I, I, be careful. I'm not terribly I'm interested. Um, I'll, just put, I'll put it this way. He entered the facility at 11.02. He left at 11.11. Well, really? Wow. Jeez. Well, he had to get to the game, right? I think he had to get to the game. He was what under is, a little, what is a he, lot of pressure. What is he, 17? Well, you know, that's exactly what I thought. I wanted to applaud him. At 77, oh you think he'd be in there for a day or two? <laughs> yeah. At least. So it's literally said, you know, they named him, but they went. That's nine minutes. There you go. And that's with. Undressing yeah, and gotta, dressing. Have, you know what that is? Efficient. Get ready. Here. He Whatever. must have started in on the Viagra at 6 a.m. or something. He is efficient. He was like, there for nine minutes. Get wow. in there before it's too late. One of those deals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a small it. window of opportunity <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. We better get there now or you're going to be cleaning up. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> I don't have the list with me now, but the list of names on there, some of the names are quite intriguing. Like Jim Smith. and uh, Well, John Johnson yeah. uh, is on there. Uh, uh, Dick Palmer Dick is Palmer, on there. Yeah. Uh, you you can read the the list and decide for yourself if those are real names. Andy Johnson, right? Your car could one day snitch. I mean, think on about you. that. He was Get me in a there. Link, Rook. He was in there less time than a John Height news update. Right. <laughs> Sometimes those go pretty quick yeah, too. Huh? Pretty he, quick, yeah. he walked out of there pulling his britches. I'm going ah, checking his watch. Yeah, eleven yeah. eleven. New records. Get to the game. <laughs> Your car could one day snitch on you if you misbehave. With you know what that tells you? Huh. What good does $6 billion do you? Right. If you're that stupid. You are that dumb. If you're that stupid. He went to a strip What mall. good does $6 billion do for oh. you? And it's not like with his body style, he really blends in like a regular guy. No. You know who he is. Never seen him. I have mm. no idea who this yeah. guy is. Your car could one day snitch on you if you misbehave <laughs> with new technology that could call the cops on you. Company behind the technology says it will keep people safe, but others wonder if it's an invasion of privacy. It is. Even if your car drives itself, you can still get busted for drinking, texting, or sleeping because if your car malfunctions, you have to be able to take it over. Please say a driver barreling down the 101 in Redwood City, California at 70 miles an hour on autopilot in November was drunk and asleep, and he's been charged in that case. Now Chinese tech giant Huawei is working to keep drivers honest by developing technology that will tell if you are drunk, tired, distracted, or have a bad case of road rage. Camera trained on your face looks for clues that you are impaired and listens for things like slurred speech. It can then lock the car's controls or call the police. It's almost like having a seven-year-old in your car. Right. Mom, you're not going to believe what Dad did. He oh, went boy. through a red light and then he went 60 to 55. Yeah, right. 
Uh, you Cal- think at 77, whoever worked on him would need Tommy John surgery. <laughs> uh, the uh, California yeah. Highway Patrol says it's too early to weigh in on the concept. What's his name? Rotator Cuff. Bob Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. She got a case hey, of... I think it's broken. She got a case of Bob Kraft elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Google owned you. You bring the team trainer in. <laughs> he's, he's giving her the rub. <laughs> oh, I think I broke it. <laughs> As souvenirs go, it's a unique one. A woman returned to Scotland from a vacation in Australia to discover a stowaway snake hidden. Oh, be darn. Yeah, Everything in Australia is there to kill you. One of her shoes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Maria Boxall unpacked her luggage after the more than 9,300-mile journey from Queensland to find the small and very much alive creature curled up in one of her slippers. It even shed its skin during its voyage inside her footwear. The resilient reptile, later identified as a non-venomous spotted python, a breed commonly kept as a pet, traveled safely all the way from McKay to Glasgow. Now, Paul Airely, Boxwell's son-in-law, told the ABC News Network when she opened her bag and saw the animal, she thought it was a toy put there as a prank. The Airely said that throughout Boxwell's visit, he had deliberately tried to downplay how common snakes are in Australia so he wouldn't alarm her. I don't know about you fellas, but ven- venomous what or non-venomous. are we non-ven- on today for three hours? Venomous or non-venomous, doesn't matter. A snake is a snake. A snake yeah. is a snake. Yeah. yeah. Are we done? I think so. Do you remember when you put that snake underneath the, um, uh, it was underneath the sports section? Yes, I do. On uh, Was it Saturday morning sports talk? Yes, I remember. I was looking for that, but I can't find that. Yeah. That was probably one of the scaredest I've ever been in my life. Yes, you were very much. I a- lifted up the sports page and they had a rubber snake <laughs> and I did it because I've been scaring the crap out of them for years. The thing moved and scared the living bejeebers out yep, of me. Yep, it was pretty good prank. <laughs> that was a- <laughs> Well, you just wait sitting around the corner. Yeah. The older you get, the slower you get. GarageLogic.com is where you can find all sorts of great features. If you haven't poked around there, see some of the creations from Greg Holcomb. Great stuff that he's got. Also, what's on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner? Check it out online on Apple iTunes as well. You can rate us. Apple, iTunes, we want to hear your feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. Garage Logic podcast version. We'll be back with more next time. Thanks for tuning in.